Our next retreat is finally here. It's called Adventures in Energetics, and it's happening November 8th to the 14th, 2024 in Boquete, Panama. This seven-day, six-night retreat in the beautiful cloud forest of Panama is going to be a unique experience. This program is a not-for-beginners retreat. And what I mean by that is you will actually have to fill out an application before you will be accepted to be able to register for the program because we are going to be doing more advanced level energetics and I need to make sure that everybody who comes is actually ready for the work. We will be doing a Kundalini awakening. We will be doing group visioning process called a spiritual canoe. We will be doing daily presence practices and working on expanding our energy. We will be doing daily rituals. This process will be related to specifically the people who are there because in addition to filling out the questionnaire about what your experience is, you're also gonna ask for what it is that you'd like to learn. So part of the curriculum for this is set and part of it will be designed around the desires of the participants. I only have 20 beds available for this retreat, so it will fill up quickly. So this is the time to register. Do not wait. To find out more, go to kellysparta.com forward slash retreat. I look forward to seeing you there. Another blood red sunset and yet another moon face and still another hundred miles to my next resting place. Driving down the road, eyes on the horizon, within my car I'm all Feeling good and feeling strong Knowing that this path I'm on brings me to myself I'm driving Hey now all, I'm Joey C. Welcome back to another episode of Spirit Sherpa. This is the show that helps and encourages you on your journey to unlock your magic mojo. With me as always is the spirit doctor, Kelly Sparta. Hey Kelly. Hey Joey. How's it going? It's going great. Good. Yeah. We're looking for a house. Ooh. Yeah. We went house shopping yesterday. We found one we liked. Yeah. We're looking at writing an offer. So trying to get the mortgages all, mortgage all put together. And Awesome. So we're super excited. So you get down to the new place, you get settled in, and now you're going to move again. Yes. Well, that was always the plan. <laughs> the lease is up in August. Either we're going to have to re-up. Yep. And I've heard from the neighbors that they are raising the rents every year. Oh. So either we'll have to re-up and pay more money or, you know, we might as well just buy and actually pay less than what we would pay if we if they raise the rent here. We've been spending a fair amount of time looking for places to have fires yeah. because, you know, we had a fire pit at the other place yeah. and we missed it yeah. big time. And the only place to have a fire here is to actually go camping <laughs> and so, you know, that's a lot more than I want to do. And I'm a little old to camp. Oh, so come on. I, I want a lamp if I'm going out. <laughs> this, you know, being cold and wet and on the ground is not my thing anymore. <laughs> I'm well past that stage. I'm like, I'm a glamper, not a camper. So <laughs> the place we looked at has a place for a fire pit and fire whole fire circle, you know. Yeah beautifully landscaped yard and an outbuilding for Jeff to do his woodworking. And there's like all sorts of really cool stuff oh, very that the cool. uh, place has. So we're uh, crossing our fingers that it all works out and we'll see how, how it goes. But, awesome. <clears throat> well, spring yeah. is in the air and it's got you looking for another place to buzz down to. <laughs> yeah. Which is better than sneezing. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so. Oh, And it's been a sneezy <laughs> spring for that. <laughs> 
Yeah, interesting story. Okay. Um, I actually have, when I first got down here, I was having horrific seasonal allergies. Mm-hmm. And this year, I, I, I decided to stave them off by doing some local honey uh, as a homeopathic remedy. If you get honey from your local area and you take a teaspoon every day, mm-hmm. it helps to reduce your body's uh, reaction to the pollen. It was helping some, but not a lot. And I realized I did did some work on myself and I was like, you know, my histamine response is way overblown. It's like my histamines are triggered by everything. And I went, wait a minute, that was just like me years ago. Maybe my histamines are having a PTSD response. Oh, Maybe that's still inherent in my body somewhere. And I actually went into my body and I pulled out the PTSD response associated with the histamines. And I went from having to use a nasal spray and an antihistamine all day and all night to last night I had no antihistamines in my system and I sound fine. Huh. And even with the antihistamines, I was getting mucus and, you know, a hoarse voice and all sorts of post-nasal drip and whatnot. So the antihistamines weren't even doing the trick before. They were helping, not curing. If your body is having some sort of major reaction and you have this ingrained PTSD that we keep talking about uh, from having a challenged childhood, it's possible that you might be having something similar to what I had. So that was an aha moment for me uh, in the last week. Interesting. All right. Yeah. I did that three days ago, and I've I've been like totally off the antihistamines since. Well, that was a great episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's not what we're talking about today, though. <laughs> yeah, but I don't know that we need to talk about anything else. We'll save that content for the next episode. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> really quick, dang, done. <laughs> there we go. Oh boy, but we are going to talk about some fun stuff today. Yes, it's kind of like a it's kind of like a little spiritual recess here yes i was just gonna say we're going on to the spiritual playground exactly (laughs) and you guys can thank chris for this again by the way because chris wrote into us again and he's one of the only people who write us ideas and questions so thank you chris we love you chris more people can write please let us know you're out there and listening we we know you are we see the downloads but you know if you got some questions please send them in yeah christopher gave us a bunch of things this this time we totally did yeah Totally did. We're so excited. Um, And so one of the things he asked for was, uh, could we have something that would be sort of a list of things that that you could do to play and and to experiment? Mm -hmm. And I thought, you know, I've spent so much time telling you what not to do (laughs) (laughs) that I thought it would only be fair for me to give you some stuff that you could do safely. Exactly. All right. So where do we begin? Is the list a long list or is it like, here's the two things you can do. Okay, go have fun. (laughs) it's a stick and a ball and okay (laughs) no 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 so uh if you recall which which episode was that that we did where we talked about the four psychic the four types of psychic abilities do you remember what number that was episode 12 12 okay so in episode 12 we talked about the four types of psychic abilities right Mm -hmm. and there are several ways that you can approach each of these types of things. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to talk about each one and I'm going to give you an example of what is in that category that would be safe to, to play with, if you will. Okay. So uh, in the traveler category, 
Uh, precognition is one that you could play with. That's one that you can experiment with and ask for information and maybe go look at the, the Akashic records if you can figure out how to get there um, <clears throat> and um, look for information on that. You could take a psychic development class and learn how to become more intuitive in that fashion, right? Okay. Um, Remote viewing is one that you could easily do without too much trouble. And we talked about that in the remote viewing episode. Yeah, that was our safe toy. Yeah, that's one you could play with. Uh, retrocognition is a fun one where you you go looking for things in the past, right? So if you, especially if you live in an older house, retrocognition would be useful because you could like send your awareness back in time. And say, you know, try and see a day in the life of mm -hmm. um, the house from 50 years ago or something. Right. Now, you mentioned with precognition and with retrocognition that you're kind of going back into um, these spaces. Is that like remote viewing or is that like you talked about with the Akashic going into the Akashic record to sort of understand the information or is it both? No. Remote viewing and going into the astral are very similar mm -hmm. because you're sending your energy into a different location and you're looking for something specific. Okay. When you're doing precognition, there's a couple of ways to do it. One is to go to the Akashic and look it up, mm -hmm. in which case it would be the same, right? The yeah. other way is to follow the probability lines forward. So each person that you meet has a set of probability lines that run through them based on their decision-making structure and their belief structure. Each of us makes decisions in, in a consistent pattern. If I think of something that I think I've never thought of before, I will think of it exactly the same way I thought of it a year ago when I forgot I had thought about it, right? <laughs> and, and I've had that experience of saying, oh, this would be really cool. And then I go to start writing it up and then I look in my files. And I'm like, oh yeah, it's already there. Right? <laughs> so, you know, but I was going to say it exactly the same way because my brain works in this structured fashion, right? right. And that's exactly how most of us work. We work based on our belief structures, based on our assumptions about life and based on our established decision-making patterns. Based on those things, the probability lines form. Okay. And you can create a vehicle by which you can look forward in someone's life based on the probability lines. So if, for instance, they say, you know, when am I going to get married? You can follow the probability line of marriage to see where, if at all, it intersects with that person. Mm -hmm. And you can see whether there, there will be children or not. You can see, you know, whether they're going to stay with that partner or not, you know, based on the probability lines. The further out you get, the less likely it is that those will be accurate pr predictions okay. because of the possibility that someone may grow and change the way in which they perceive the world and therefore change the way in which they make decisions, especially if it's somebody who's on a personal growth path. Right. And then you also have to take into account that sometimes um, I like I can read the probability lines, 
but it is a waste of time for me to read them because I carry the energy of change with me. Right. The moment right. I tell you what the probability is, it's likely going to change your decision pattern yeah. and it's all going to blow to hell. <laughs> so I stopped trying to read the probability lines a long time ago because it's a waste. Right. So you have to recognize that sometimes you may be one of the people who carries change and, and in which case that's not really going to work very well for you. Okay. In which case you're better off to just go read the Akashic Mm-hmm. because the Akashic will just have to be all end all on it, right? Well, so the Akashic in that sense it has everything, right? And this was this was another yeah. question that we had talked about, you know, what what is in the Akashic? And we had we had an episode on this and we had touched on it in other places. But the Akashic has everything. All all things, everything that ever was and will be is in the Akashic record. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, including past lives, including everything in history, all past lives. It's all in the Akashic. Yep. Okay. Excellent. And so you asked me about retrocognition and that is more like picking up on a radio station from a far away place. It's like being a ham radio operator. Okay. Okay. And you're trying to dial into the right ham radio station to get the information. It's information that is just inherent in the space, but is not active in the space. So every house has a memory of its inhabitants. It's a process of activating the house's memory of its inhabitants. This is why I love Marie Kondo because she sits and talks to the house before she starts her process, which is beautiful (laughs) and so relevant because your house can either be part of the process or part of the problem. (laughs) And so I really love that she does that. And if you do the Marie Kondo thing, absolutely talk to the damn house, you know, (laughs) because the house is going to have something to say, but yeah, it's about activating the house's memory of that, experience. Okay. Sometimes you can pick up on the thought forms that are in the air. Yep. So if you've been into somebody's house and it just feels kind of icky, even though it's pristine and beautiful, yep. it's because they have bad relationships in the house. And so they there's a lot of negative thought forms in the air. Yep. And they're just, you know, because they snipe at each other or they argue a lot or whatever. And all those negative thought forms are hanging out in the air and you're walking through them going, yeah, I feel slimed. <laughs> and, you know, because you have been slimed and that's just how that flies. Yep. That's a slight variation on retrocognition. You okay. know, you're just picking up on picking the, up on the you know, energy of the space. Exactly. Yep. So, so in that case, uh, let me just ask you a clarifier there. The energy mm-hmm. of the space that you're picking up on, is that typically recent energy or could it be energy that has sort of stuck around from years and years gone by? It could be either. Okay. It's most likely recent. Yep. But if there was something in play for long enough mm-hmm. in a house and the house has not been actively cleared, uh, that can hang out. I mean, if you have somebody who lived there for 20, 30 years and they did the same things over and over and over again, that sort of gets grooved into the energy of the house unless yeah. it gets cleared. The other thing you can do is scry. As a traveler, you okay. can do scrying. Now, scrying is the act of looking into an empty space and waiting for images to form, Mm -hmm. right? So, you scry in a crystal ball, and the clearer the crystal, 
the more likely it is that you'll find the images. Or you scry more often, more inexpensively, because crystal balls that are that clear are very expensive. Uh, you can take a black bowl mm-hmm. and put water in it and use that as your scrying bowl. And that's a way to look and see what images might show up. Okay. By the same notion, you could read tea leaves. Yep. You drink your tea, you flip it over, and you look for the images that show up in the tea leaves. And it's, it's just finding the patterns in what came out, what, what, what shows up there, right? Cool. I missed a class today. I was going to take a beginning palmistry class because I've never learned how to do it. But uh, I was too busy trying to put together my, my financials for the mortgage. So <laughs> I missed the class. So I'm really bummed. But, but beginning palmistry. palmistry that's an easy one to do that isn't going to be damaging to you in any way. That's, okay. a, that's a really safe one to try. Um, so you can pick up a book on it. There's all kinds of great beginner books on palmistry. I, I know enough to be dangerous, you know? <laughs> so if you're talking things like palmistry and tea leaves and stuff like that, would uh, tarot and oracle cards and stuff fit into that category as well? Absolutely. And also very safe, right? Absolutely. Yeah, the, they're, they're generally pretty safe to work with. You know, I would probably stay away from the Thoth deck. It's the one that Aleister Crowley created. Okay. <laughs> so uh, it's a little more intense and I probably wouldn't start with that one. Um, although I have to admit it was one of my early decks. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, you know, your basic rider weight, you know, I think it's fun to do the Fairy Oracle deck. I'm, uh, the Crystal Allies deck is lovely really good one to to work with if you're doing any sort of personal inner work Mm -hmm. um the power deck by lynn twist is awesome or lynn andrews rather is is awesome but yeah pretty much any any of the decks are pretty safe to play with yeah it starts to teach you how to see symbolically okay so the one thing i would say to you is that if you're going to play with the decks please don't try to memorize what the deck says the card is about Instead, really come into relationship with each card and look at the symbology of the card and look for the symbols across the cards. And that will help you to have a better intuitive grasp of how these cards were originally meant to be used. And with all of these, you're really tapping into intuition with those particular ones because that's what it's all about. Yeah, they're all tools for that. Now, when you talk about sort of become in relationship with the card, is that true of both tarot and oracle? Because we had talked about them before and, and we said, you know, you'd mentioned tarot is, is far more rigid in terms of the rules of what things are, whereas oracle is more about, you know, really about what you're intuitively pulling from the card itself. Yeah, I would say that, you know, there's many different tarot decks as you can yeah. count stars in the sky. I mean, there's just a million of them. And so while the structure of the the traditional tarot is really set in the morphic field of tarot. The symbology on each of the decks is very different. And that you can use those. And I like to mix and match my decks when I do readings. I literally will pull like four different decks and I'll do cards in, in a random pattern quote unquote random pattern, which always ends up meaning something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just as I read it, I go, oh, that's what this is, and that's what this is, and that's what that is. And it's not in it's not set in my head when I put it down, but it, it lays itself out and it, it informs me what it is, right? right. But um 
you know, I, I mix and match my decks all the time. And then I like to see how they relate to one another. Cool. If you want to play with the tarot and the Oracle decks, you could talk for days about how to play with those. Right, those exactly. That's like a whole master's class you could do on that. And there are classes <laughs> everywhere. Everywhere. Related to that. To both of them in some cases. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then if we go into sensors, if you're a sensor, then empathy is obviously one that you can certainly play with. If you're an empath, you're already shoving your energy field out. Yes. <laughs> and so you're already reading everybody, um, which is generally going to not be bad, but can occasionally be bad if somebody is... Uh, is aware and doesn't want to be read. Well, and that's that's the other part there with the sensors that they have to put a little caveat on themselves to realize that you can do it with what's ethical. <laughs> yeah. And if you're going to be unethical, you got to be aware you're also unsafe. Yes. Within the sensor category, you could play with the the different clairs clairvoyant, clairsentient, clairaudient, clair, you know, blah, blah, blah. Yep. There's a million of them. And basically that's, that's the ability to hear and, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. uh, safe way to do that is just to talk to your guides. If you're visual, then you'll close your eyes and visualize their, your guides standing in front of you. If you're audio, then you'll talk to them and hope that the, you can hear them in your mind's voice. Yeah. If you're kinesthetic, then you may want to say, hey, can you let me know you're here by giving me some chills or giving me something else that lets me know? Mm -hmm. um, oftentimes they give you chills yep. if you're kinesthetic. You may want to set a circle just to be safe, okay. to make sure that you're absolutely talking to your guides and not some random other person. <laughs> uh, psychometry similarly works well. So psychometry is you can grab onto something and read what the energies are of that thing. Yep. So, so long as you're not getting some possessed crystal, <laughs> when you do that, you'll probably be fine. <laughs> you know, if you're, you're just picking up some random object, it's probably going to be fine. And that's just fun to do. Aura reading is the process of just looking at somebody's aura and, and it's reading their spiritual clothing. Yep. So ethically, it's fine. You're not actually invading their space. You're just reading their clothing. Uh, so that one is doable from a perspective of being fairly safe. Some people will see colors. Mm -hmm. Other people will get impressions. And, you know, it, it just depends on the person. Some people will just see a white outline to the person when they're looking at the aura. Yep. So uh, that's another fun thing to play with. Dowsing is so much fun. <laughs> so I went to this workshop and... Uh, we were handed dowsing rods and I hadn't done a lot of my time. And so a dowsing rod, if you don't know, is just a, uh, it's like half of a square. And then they give you a little plastic tube to hold in your hand and you stick one half of the, the square into the tube and the other half is sticking straight out. Mm -hmm. And so you've got one in each hand. And the idea being that when you are, when you get to the edge of an energy field, the dowsing rods close so that they cross across in front of you. And when you're in the field, they are moving. Mm -hmm. And when you're outside of the field entirely, they're probably just straight open. Okay. And so we were, we were partnered up and we were given these dowsing rods to play with. And we were told to find the edge of your partner's energy field. And so I did it first for my partner 
and I had the rods and, and I came up and I got to about 10 feet and eh, no, probably about six feet from her. And the, the rods went closed and I went, that's fascinating. And so I stepped a couple more feet, a couple steps more in, and they started to spin slightly. Because you were in her field. Because I was in her field. And then I stepped two steps back and they closed. And then I stepped two steps back and they opened. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's really cool, right? <laughs> and so she said, oh, yeah, that's really cool. Let me do it for you. And I said, okay. And this was before I figured out how to hold my energy field right. <laughs> and so... She's in my field and they're spinning and they're spinning and they're spinning faster than they spun in her field. And she's like, okay, I'm just going to keep backing up. Now we're in a hotel in one of those long uh, hotel uh, hallways. Right. Yeah. And uh, so, which was good because she had to back up and back up and back up and back up and back up. And she's like 25 feet away from me, 30 feet away from me. And she finally gets it to close. <laughs> and she's like, oh my God. And I went, <laughs> they took off like tops when I started laughing. When I laugh, my energy field just goes, wee. <laughs> <laughs> because they started spinning like mad. And the more I laughed, the more they spun. And the more they spun, the more I laughed. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, playing with dowsing rods, fun. <laughs> Pretty easy starter things to do. Telepathy is another fun one to play with. Okay. So years ago, my friend Mary and I were playing with ESP mm -hmm. over the phone. And she had cards that were animals. Okay. And she would look at the card and I would guess what the animal was. And we, we just did this on and on and on and on and on for like 15 minutes. We learned that if she pictured the animal and she just used the picture to send me the picture that I would get the animal about 75, 80% of the time. But if she thought about a word associated with the animal, so like when she came to a zebra, yeah. she sent me stripes. Yeah. And I was like, mm, I couldn't get it. I had no idea what it was. Yeah. So what you find when you play with ESP is that sometimes you can receive things better in one format than in another. And you'll also find that some people are better givers, senders, and some people are better receivers. Yeah. So, you know, find a partner and play. Yeah. Yeah. That is a fun one. I've done that one before. It is. It's a lot of fun. You know, there's two other types of psychic abilities, um, but I feel like we've talked a lot in this yes. episode. Yeah. So maybe we'll leave that for the next episode. We'll do a part two. Cool. And we'll pick it up from there. But I've given you a whole bunch of stuff to play with. Yeah. Right? So we, we only talked about with regards to psychic abilities, we only talked about travelers and sensors in this right. episode. We still have manipulators and messengers to talk about. Exactly. Now, we talked about all of the good things to do, but I do think it's important here where we can give at least one or two caveats. We wouldn't be a Spirit Chirp episode if we didn't. And I think I'll even be the one to sort of throw this out to you to see what you think about, about this okay. one. And that is, you talked about tarot, you talked about oracle cards, you talked about those are all fine to play with. You're going to ask me about the Ouija board, I'm aren't gonna, you? I want you to tell people that the Ouija board is not safe. <laughs> it isn't. <laughs> okay. That's why I thought it was important for us to throw that caveat yeah. there, because that would be in that category, just unsafely in that category. 
Yeah. I'm actually, we've got a guest coming on in a few episodes who is a channel for um, the, for Michael. Um, if you've ever read the book's messages from Michael, um, she's going to be coming on and, and she's a channel of Michael. Okay. And uh, she tells a story about how she started talking to Michael through the Ouija board. Uh, but, <laughs> but caveat, <laughs> she knew how to know she was talking to the right person. Right. The problem with Ouija boards is that the vast majority of people don't know how to determine who they're talking to. And they just trust the spirit to tell them the truth. And that shit don't fly <laughs> because the things that want to fuck with you are going to lie to you. Right. <laughs> the vast majority of the entities that you connect with on the Ouija board are going to be lower astral entities that are there to fuck with you. They will give you just enough information to prove themselves and then they will fuck you over because that's <laughs> what they do. Avoid, 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 avoid the freaking Ouija board. And I thought that was important for us to throw out there. So we talked about the good things with the travelers and the good things with the sensors. Um, but the couple caveats there, Ouija boards, no. Ouija board's bad. <laughs> and if you are doing the sensing thing, make sure you're doing it within the ethical realm of uh, what the others may or may not be, well, may, yes. should be aware of. All right, folks. Well, this episode and the part two of this episode have both yep. been effectively brought to you by questions from Christopher. Questions <laughs> <laughs> from Christopher. <laughs> um, so if you have questions or if you have th episodes that you would like to hear, then please reach out to Kelly. You can email her at kelly at kellysparta.com. That's K-E-L-L-E -E at kellysparta.com. And you can tell her what you'd like to hear. And maybe if you've got a couple of questions, put them all in there. You can also go to kellysparta.com and sign up for Kelly's newsletter. You can subscribe to her, her mailing list there and get information about things that are coming up, get um, discounts and things like that, all of the things, fun things that she sends out to her her subscribers. And speaking of subscribing, wherever you're listening to Spirit Chirp out there in podcast land, we encourage you to subscribe to the to the show and to rate it and let Kelly know what you're what you're thinking about that. Absolutely. Did you have anything else you want to add before we sort of get ready to jump into part two? Oh, you do. Okay, what do you got? So this episode will be airing uh, the 5th of May, right? Yes. So May 15th, the price goes up again mm -hmm. on the Claim Your Gifts retreat in the Boston area on June 29th and 30th. So if you are thinking that you would like to come out and learn how to stand in your space and claim the gifts that you have brought to the world and be able to really own them, and you think that might be helpful for you, uh, and you think you might want to come, well, sign up because the price is going up again and you don't want to have to, to pay $100 more because it goes up by 100 bucks. We do this on purpose. We want you to come to the retreat. We want you to sign up as early as possible because the moment you sign up, you step into the energetic of the process and you get the advantage of having steeped in that process for a while before you get there. Plus, we stopped taking registrations right near the end there because we custom designed the event to the participants. Okay. So we'll tweak the exercises to each of the participants based on 
uh, an energetic check-in that we do to see, is this going to work for this person? Is this going to work for that person? And we just check the energetics to make sure they work. And you do have a couple spots left. We have a few spots left. Um, we are well past the halfway mark at this point. Yeah. Don't wait. Get in. Get in. <laughs> and also, if you are loving the Spirit Sherpa episodes, please, 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 please be kind and share. Yes. <laughs> share with your friends. Share with your Facebook groups. Share on Facebook. Share at, wide and share long and tell people how much you love us because we, we love the downloads. And uh, it makes us feel like it's worth continuing doing these episodes. So, And if you're out there going, I don't know what's going on. I, I get, life kind of sucks or I really don't know where to go next. Then, you know, sign up for a discovery session. They're free. Yeah. And, you know, uh, just let me know that you want to talk and, and uh, set up, sign up for that on my website. It's at the very top of the page. Hard to miss. It says book a discovery session right in the front of the thing. Boom. Free discovery sessions on kellysparta.com. Yeah. Right. Come see me. Come see Kelly. Love to chat. <laughs> All right, folks, that is it for for now, for part one of our our safe ways to play in the astral. And that's all that we have for this week. So be sure to join us next time as Kelly adds another chapter into your beginner's guide to energy, magic, and the spirit world. I'm Joey C. here with Kelly Sparta, and you have been listening to Spirit Sherpa. So long, everyone. Each while I travel over 13,000 now, I leave behind a little fear. Spirit Sherpa is the sole property of Kelly Sparta Enterprises and is distributed under Creative Commons BY-NC-ND 4.0 license. For more information about this licensing, please go to creativecommons.org. Any requests for deviations to this licensing should be sent to K-E-L-L-E at K-E-L-L-E-S-P-A-R-T-A dot com. That's Kelly at kellysparta.com. To sign up or to get more information on the programs, offerings, and services referenced in this episode, please go to kellysparta.com. This episode of Spirit Sherpa has been produced by Honu Voice Productions. Are you waking up to the spiritual world and realizing that you have no idea what you're doing, but you feel like you kind of probably should, especially since you seem to be seeing things and feeling things and having things see you that maybe aren't so great and that you might want to actually control your experience of that. Well, I have great news for you because our Welcome to the Woo program does just that for you. It teaches you how to hold your energy field, manage your energy field, clear your energy field, protect your energy field, and learn how to protect your space. And you learn how to do basic divination and talk to your guides so that you feel like you actually have a clue and have a way to talk to the guides that will help you to figure everything else out. And it teaches you how to make sure that you feel mentally, emotionally, and energetically safe. That means that we also deal with things like fear and anxiety and worry and dread and self-doubt and inner and outer judgments. And we help you build a foundation of self-support and courage. All of these things together create a solid sense of safety in your own life. They will reduce your stress levels in half guaranteed. So visit the website at kellysparta.com and find out more about the Welcome to the Woo program. Your future awaits.